friends. Today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. And as we've just heard in our gospel reading, Jesus makes a splash with those who witnessed this event. A few weeks ago, when Reverend Lauren asked when I'd like to preach, admittedly, I made a rookie mistake. I went to my calendar and I chose a Sunday where the week prior my obligations were light and I'd have enough time to prepare a sermon. I was concerned about the rhythm of my life only and what was going on in the world that revolved around Aaron. When I told my husband, who has a little more experience than I do preparing sermons, which day I was planning to preach, he immediately looked at his lectionary calendar, turned to me and said, Ooh, baptism of Jesus. That's a tough one. To which I sarcastically replied, Gee, thanks for the support. (laughs) But he's right. It is a tough one. It's even tough for John, the one who's asked to perform this perplexing task at the request of the Messiah. You see, it was no secret that John was preaching a baptism of repentance from sin. And around this time, John had told his followers that Jesus was the Lamb of God, the sinless one. So his question to Jesus makes sense. In a way, he's asking Jesus, are you sure about this? And as we know, this will not be the last time John questions what his cousin Jesus is up to, as he later will send a messenger from his prison cell to to Jesus asking, are you really the one we're waiting for, or should we wait for another? Chances are John, the son of Zechariah the priest, was well-versed in Torah and Jewish law. He probably had a pretty good framework built around the anticipated Messiah. And it wasn't a Messiah who needed his spiritual cleansing. But Jesus' response to John standing in the Jordan River tells us that in God's rhythm, in God's plan, this is the proper order of things. Jesus responds to John, Let it be so for now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Not only is something unexpected happening here, but something new is being birthed out of these waters. God is inaugurating his next plan to make his good creation and right relationship with him once again. See, that is the meaning of righteousness. It doesn't have a pious or a superior connotation, No righteousness and the sense of our gospel reading and our first reading from Isaiah this morning means drawing God's good creation back into proper alignment with him once and for all. God has planned to dwell in the midst of his good creation of earth and his good creation of humanity since the beginning. And Jesus becoming incarnate inaugurates the placement of the idol God in the middle of the garden for all creation to worship. God's rhythm is not our rhythm, and God's ways are not our ways, and God desires nothing more than for his good creation to live into his rhythm, a rhythm that spans eternity. We've all had a pretty good taste of what life is like living in our own rhythms these past couple of months. Advent and Christmas are the hardest seasons, in my opinion, to truly live into God's rhythm and await the joyful celebration of God becoming flesh and joining us here on earth. Aside from all the distractions of the secular world begging for our attention, in Advent we're called to wait, to be patient, to reflect, to center our hearts in what it means for God to enter our world through becoming human, all the while responding to the need to purchase all the right gifts, box them up and ship them out on time to arrive in the lower 48 before the new year, get our house clean to host dinner, find a new Christmas sweater, and the list goes on. And as we all experienced, even our best attempts at weekly Wednesday gatherings with our brothers and sisters who celebrate liturgical seasons to focus on these Advent efforts 
was upended not once, but twice by inclement weather. And lastly, perhaps most telling of the nature of our own rhythms are the old emotional wounds and scars that reared their heads during the days leading up to Christmas, leaving some of us wondering if we'll hear from loved ones or some of us left mourning the loss of a loved one who's no longer around to celebrate the holidays with us. All of these things are real. All of these things are to be expected. All of these things are what the evil one desires when we fall into the rhythms of ourselves with the exclusion of God at the forefront of our lives. But what God desires when each of these interruptions to our season takes place is for us to turn our hearts once again toward God's rhythm, recalling the meaning behind the season through the acts of God penetrating into our world to sweep us into his eternal rhythm. So what is God's rhythm, and where do we see it in Jesus' baptism? Obviously, Jesus did not anoint the liturgical seasons we celebrate of Advent and Lent and Epiphany and Christmas. No, these aren't words we find Jesus having spoken in the New Testament. But they are ways the early church developed for us to help us human beings live into God's rhythm. God's rhythm of an eternal new creation for his people to dwell. God's rhythm is breathing into what is dead, new life. God's rhythm is one where we are to be swept into. You see, Jesus willingly steps into the sin-filled waters of the Jordan River. He chooses to stand shoulder to shoulder with sinners, fully identifying with the attitude of those who are lost in their own rhythms. Matthew's gospel specifically tells us that the Spirit descends on Jesus after not before he comes out of the water, bringing all of the muck and mire with him. And when this happens, Jesus is anointed with his earthly vocation by God the Father through the Holy Spirit. Do you hear the echoes of the creation story from Genesis? When God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was a formless void, and God breathed the Spirit over darkness and water to create what is good? Something new, a new creation is happening here at Jesus' baptism. The kingdom of heaven, where God the Father dwells, and his good creation, earth, are united through the Holy Spirit, descending upon Jesus the Lamb, who's coming up out of the water, covered in all of the things that make us human, all of our earthly rhythms, and a new creation has been launched. This event sets the tone for the remainder of Jesus' short ministry, where he teaches his followers what his new creation, what this new kingdom of heaven on earth, not a kingdom millions of miles away in outer space, but a kingdom right here, right now, is to look like. This backward and curious new creation, which interrupts our rhythm of knowing what is best and right and good for us, Jesus then teaches to his followers his way his rhythm. So how do we now live into God's rhythm of this new creation? Well, there is good news and bad news. The bad news, you and I cannot do it on our own strength and power. We cannot simply will that our lives will change or that our spirits will live eternally by clicking our heels. The good news, we have already have our lives changed by God entering into our world through Jesus. Like the Gentiles we read about in Acts today, who have the gift of the Holy Spirit poured upon them while Peter is telling them who this Jesus is and what he's done for all of them, their lives were changed. And immediately following in the verses we don't read today, 
Peter baptizes them in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, the good news is all of us who've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, whether we remember the day or not, have been grafted into this new vine of God's new creation. The new creation that began with God becoming one of us, dipping his toes into sin-filled water, covering himself in what it is to be human, carrying all of that to the cross where he defeats the lasting effects of its grip on God's good creation before ascending to his place as Lord of the kingdom of heaven on earth. The new creation that will continue on long after this terrestrial ball and all our old raggedy bones and bodies wither away. Yes, in this tradition, we are mostly baptized as infants. That's because it isn't about only your decision or my decision. It's about God's decision to sweep us into his rhythm of new creation. Remember the bad news? Well, the bad news that we can't do it on our own? Well, for us and the church, that's also the good news. Because in our tradition, we also renew our baptismal vows each time we baptize a person into new life in Christ. In case it's been a while since you've looked at those vows, we'll conclude by looking at them today. If you have a book of common prayer around, feel free to open it up to page 304, or you can just sit and listen. Following the reaffirmation of what we believe in the Apostles' Creed, at the bottom of page 304 begins the set of questions we are asked to live out. The first, will you continue in the Apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? My friends, will you study and learn about God's rhythm, the rhythm he has revealed to us through scripture like what we've read today in Jesus' baptism? And will you continue to live in it, remembering that we inhabit God's good creation, not the other way around? Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and turn to the Lord? It's going to happen. You and I are going to fall out of God's rhythm at some point. That's what sin is, you see. The snow is going to fall, and it's going to get in the way of our plans. The winter blues are going to creep up on us after we've lived here long enough and slowly turn us inward toward our own rhythm. And having been there myself, I need others to help me persevere. I need others to remind me of God's rhythm. Will you not only help when you notice someone has fallen out of rhythm, but will you accept when they desire to draw you back in? Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God and Christ? Will you live into your baptism? Will you be prepared to answer the question a seeker or someone curious about who this God is might have about why you call yourself a Christian? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you remember Christ covered himself in sin? And that if we are to truthfully serve Christ, we must recognize him even in those who we would rather not mingle with. Yes, the folks down the street who don't worship exactly like us. And yes, those folks who cause daily backups on the Glen Highway. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? Will you begin to build the micro colonies in our community, which resemble the greater kingdom of heaven on earth, where all are welcomed to the table? It's a new creation, my friends. Through Jesus' baptism, we are all swept into it. And through our own baptism, we accept the vocation to live into its rhythm. Amen. Thank you.